This podcast edition of Other Side of Texas is brought to you by our friends at Flint Boot and Hat, a West Texas original. You want a great hat or you want to make your boots great again, go see them at 3035 34th Street or Flint and 34th Street in Lubbock or see more at flinthat.com. It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I-35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that city. Hey there, howdy. Getting in a little bit late with you. If you're listening live, my apologies. All sorts of big buildup for the regents meeting tomorrow getting all my p's and q's in order so that we can bring you the latest and the greatest here on the other side of texas thanks for tuning in and telling friends that you hang out here and uh, i'm just gonna roll along your host jay west texas leeson from the racer car wash studios voted lubbock's best wash for five years running check into one of five Convenient locations across Hub City for the best wash around, guaranteed. Sorry, racerwash.com. Want to be a part of the program? 806-745-5800. Great texts. Get on air. We got smart people. Shoot them on in. Uh, Ross Ramsey coming up in a a minute or so. Texas Tribune executive editor to do a little political counseling with me on all that's going on as i mentioned the four uh, mentioned before it's going to be the regents meeting tomorrow in lubbock broadcasting here on a wednesday some things that we're looking out for right now and uh, we're going to get into this a little bit later got some docs from uh, texas a&m thank them for sending documents along and uh, what we've requested in public information requests. But tomorrow, you've got your big... you got your big uh, Board of Regents meeting. Storylines we're following. One, is does Mickey Long, due to extenuating circumstances, does Regent Mickey Long uh, attend the meeting? Rick Francis, uh, will he offer up his resignation? As chairman, I doubt it. Uh, and we're also following up on whether or not Luis Sines, who is the governor's now chief of staff, if uh, board members are being cajoled and told, uh, don't mess up on this Francis thing. Uh, stay put until we give further direction. And that's my big deal with the governor right now. If you're going to be, if you're going to be John Connolly. Preston Smith and be involved, then just say that you're involved. If you aren't, then say that you aren't. But by every account, it seems that you are, Governor. So, you know, do as you say you do. And uh, just at least let us know what's going on. So much of this, and I just think back to Jade Helm 15, it's kind of the same sort of leadership if I'm being frank, which I am, as we rave on here with you on the other side. A couple of things to get into with Ross Ramsey. A trivia question. I call it a trivia question. You might think it's a trivial question about how the composition of the Texas House and the Texas Senate, 150 in the House and upper chamber, uh, 31 seats. How did that come about? I'm going to ask Ross Ramsey that. It might be a curveball. And I also want to get into how what's going on in D.C. may impact uh, what is happening in Texas. A couple other things as well. But without further ado, he is our man, Ross Ramsey, right here every week on the other side of Texas. Ross Ramsey, how are you doing, buddy? I'm great, sir. How are you? Well, we're just going to let the applause roll in for you. I really need you this week. I need to lay down on the therapy couch. Um, first of all, 
What's blowing my mind right now is that I had a member of the Texas House yesterday tell me, because I was remarking that I was in a, on a panel yesterday at Texas Tech, and I've done two or three events over the last month, and I always ask people, well, this is my argument, and you may disagree, Ross, but you've been doing this for 40 years, covering this for 40 years. The most influential form of government in your day-to-day -day life is state government. Therefore, tell me how many members are in each of the chambers, each of the legislative chambers in Texas government. And 150 in the House, 31 in the Senate. Yeah, and it's always crickets whenever I ask that. And it wasn't very long ago that I didn't know the answer to that either, but there's a reason why I got involved and began to under, try to understand it like I did. But I had a House member tell me last night that there are 150 seats in the House because there are that many chapters in the Book of Psalms, and there are 31 seats in the Senate because that's how many chapters are in the Book of Proverbs. Ross Ramsey, what is going on? I have never in all those years ever heard that. But you have sent me on a snipe hunt, and then by next week I'll have you a full answer. Really? You're going to write a column about yeah. it? Probably not, but I'm going to run it down. Okay. Because, you know, it's one of those, it's something to know, right? I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know how we got 250 or 31. I know we always ask ourselves if we can have more every time redistricting comes. Let's start there, curveball for you. Uh, huh. How important. How unusual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, into the next legislature. Just me and you talking. Nobody's really listening. Uh, into the next legislature. Uh, we're going to do redistricting. Folks out here think that we could lose a couple of seats, at least a couple of seats in the House uh, west of I-35 and probably one Senate uh, district that maybe Amarillo and Lubbock could be combined into one district. Does that seem feasible to you? You know, it works this way. You know, when you do the census, you count the people in the state and you divide that number when you're doing redistricting for the House by 150, in the Senate by 31, and in the legislative, uh, I'm sorry, in the congressional delegation by the number of members of Congress. Right now we have 36. I imagine we'll have 39 or maybe 40 after the next census. Um, but then you start drawing maps and you draw, you know, you got to lasso in at least the number of, the districts are all supposed to be the same size. So, you know, if the state had 100 people in it and you had 10 districts, each one of them would have 10 people, and you would draw those things so that you grabbed 10 people, and it makes sense that they would be denser districts in cities and they would be less dense districts out in the country. And, you know, when the cities grow enough, you start getting districts where, you know, we can no longer justify by the numbers having a separate seat for this town and that town. Um, and Amarillo and Lubbock, you know, could get combined in something like that. Um, you know, the, they've never gotten to the point where they've combined Midland and Odessa, but it's been talked about a bunch of times. There was an effort one time to combine Laredo and Midland, believe it or not, into a Senate district. You know, this is, this is you know, one of the fundamental fights that's always going on in redistricting is, who gets their own district? You know, does this town that has always had its own senator or its own member of Congress going to be put in a district where that's still possible or where somebody else has to compete with them? Or, you know, how's that all going to go? That's always the first fight in a redistricting year. And, you know, after the 2020 census, we're going to have that fight all over again. Hey, uh, Ross Ramsey with us. And another thing that I've been thinking about in my truck as I drive along, <clears throat> I always email Ross, what we're going to talk about, and then sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But, look, we've got three of these 31 senators could be in serious trouble right now. Being reelected could be beaten by Democrats. Don Huffines, Joan Huffman, Connie Burton. You may know of more, right. but let's just point out those three. The thinking prior to what became a very hot October and November was that Kel Seliger up in Amarillo, who the governor's Governor or the lieutenant governor's people aided in the primary run against him. Um, kind of a black they aided sheep. his opponent, right? Yeah, a black sheep. The thinking was, well, golly, Kel's uh, Kel's black sheep. He's not going to have much influence. But 
if a couple of those other seats fall, and I'm not saying I hope they do, I'm just looking at it as an observer, Kel Seliger, he may be a black sheep, but he may be a real power broker in that Senate so far as public education and vouchers and all these sorts of initiatives. Do you agree with that, that maybe he may have a newfound niche, that he may be the swell well, vote? Yeah, the Senate works on this rule uh, that requires a supermajority to bring up an issue. So in the Senate's case, it's three-fifths of the Senate. And um, if you have – if three-fifths of the Senate is from one party, then they have the upper hand in issues uh, that, you know, are partisan. Um, so – if you have 19 members who say you can bring up a, an issue for debate, then you're um, and and they're always together, at least 19. Then the other party is kind of shut out on on things like that. So in the Senate, there's 20 Republicans right now. If you lose a Republican, now you're down to 19. And if any one of those 19 decides, you know, on this issue, I'm going to go over there with the other party. Um, you know, that person can be a deal maker or a deal breaker. And it's a, you know, it's a stressful position, but it's also a really remarkably powerful one. If you lose two Republicans, now you're going to have to go bargain with the Democrats anytime you want to do something. So, you know, there's a lot at stake in, in these seats. And Cal Seliger is viewed by some as the Republican who would most likely say, you know, on some issues, you know, that's a little bit too much for me. On the Democratic side, you know, if you end up looking for somebody over there, Eddie Lucio from uh, South Texas is often viewed by the Republicans as the Democrat who's most likely to come along with them. So if you're comfortable with the stress of everybody yelling at you for not being a pure partisan, um, those are very powerful positions to be in. You know, if somebody comes to you and says, you know, I really need your vote, and you look at them and you say, you know, I really need this low water crossing in my district, you're probably <laughs> going to get a low water crossing in your district. I need a little interstate called I-27, President Lyndon Johnson. Uh, <laughs> Ross Ramsey here. Uh, down south of us, down the Georgetown Way, uh, even extending to College Station, where we get good listenership to the program these days. Thank you all. Howdy. Um Charles Schwartner, state senator, one of those 31, in trouble. What's the latest there? Uh, he has been accused by a co-ed at the University of Texas of um, making an unwanted advance on by, via text on a phone and sending a um, selfie not of his face. How is that for radio? Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, he denies that the, he did that and has hired a lawyer, but um, that's as far as it's gone. The University of Texas is investigating. That's apparently where this young woman made her complaint. And, you know, it's um, Did she it's provide the evidence? His, no, I'm sorry? Did she provide the pictures? I believe they have all of that information. And, you know, uh, as a factual situation, this is, you know, from a police standpoint, this one's fairly easy. You have a phone, and it either has this on it or it doesn't. It was either sent from there or it wasn't, and that's pretty easy to establish. The question then is, you know, um, what was the context? What were the other messages around it? Uh, who sent the stuff? Um, was it the owner of the phone or was it somebody else? You know, what else is going on? But it's a, you know, it should be a relatively straightforward investigation and i would think it would be pretty quick but it's been a week and we haven't heard much about it and uh schwertner has you know for now decided you know to he they put out a statement that said you know i didn't do this um this is a false accusation and then they went quiet so we're in the you know we're now waiting to see what this investigation produces and what's going on here in the meantime you know it's october it's a you know this is a classic october surprise mm-hmm. he's on the ballot this year in a district that is pretty safely republican but he's got two opponents both of them are female one is a democrat one is a libertarian and you know so he's got a lot going on politically in addition to this or because of this and then there are several districts right there that are you know potentially affected where the voters he shares those voters with John Carter, who's got a tough re-election race for the U.S. Congress from Williamson and Bell County, with a couple of uh, an open seat in the Texas House and a seat held by Tony Dale, a Republican from Cedar Park. So there's a lot going on here, and having this story land or this accusation land 
at this time, you know, it, you know, could be troublesome politics for these guys. Was it? And then, you know, we'll find out pretty soon whether, you know, what the facts of this are. Ross Ramsey, was the race even, was it even close before the October surprise? I had to go look up and see if he had opponents. Hmm. It was that far off the map. You know, I mean, we, you know, obviously I'd looked at it at some point, but I just had written it off and just said, you know, that's not going to happen. It's a district that's, you know, it's a safe Republican district. It's one of those, it goes from Georgetown and Round Rock all the way over to Bryan College Station on the um, bottom right over there and then all the way up to um, Anderson County um, on the north side. So, you know, it's a fairly big district, a lot of rural area, but it's very conservative. Are you doing that off the top of your head? Are you showing off right now, Ross? Am I what? Are you showing off right now? Just Anderson no. County pulling it out? I guess you haven't that's, been doing that's, this well. That's the junk you got to know for this. <laughs> Ross Ramsey, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, there in Texas Tribune, writes a piece, an analysis piece, one that I guess your most recent is how factors outside of Texas could decide the U.S. Senate seat race in Texas. Well, it's just, you know, how how the outsiders are coming in. You know, this is this is really that time of year when, you know, people say to national leaders, to celebrities, to whoever will help them, "Hey, come help me." Or, you know, if you know, if you're in a party where the the well-known people are not too popular, um you you ask them nicely to please stay out of your district. Um, you know, Donald Trump has already said um can't remember the exact tweet, but it was um, he did say it via tweet. He said, "I will be campaigning for Ted Cruz. We're looking for the biggest stadium in Texas." And so we all scurried to see what the biggest stadium is. It's the one at Texas A and M. So they can't use that one because it's on you know the public university. So we started you know guessing and you know quickly became a joke about all the giant high school stadiums they're building around the state. Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. but they haven't picked a place yet. But he's coming in and you know, to endorse Cruz. And, you know, everybody knows how testy that relationship has been, but it tells you something that Cruz wants Trump to come in to campaign for him. Trump is popular with the voters that Cruz needs. The, uh, hold on. They can't do the event at a public university. You can't do a political, um, campaign event. You can do a public policy event. You could do a speech and you could do a debate, but you can't do a one candidate, you know, you get into, there's probably a way to do it, but it's very, very complicated. Uh, You're using state funds for political purposes. Again, here I am on Ross Ramsey's couch being consulted, but, you know, a big thing that raised a bunch of flap back in August was, you know, essentially 10 days after Bob Duncan was ousted at Texas Tech, there was a Greg Abbott event in Lubbock, a private dinner at a home, but then a reception, I guess is what you would call it, at the Merquette Alumni Center at Texas Tech. How is that different than a football stadium? On a well, if you're doing campaigning at the campus, that's that's one thing. If you're doing a reception, that's another. If you're just greeting people, you can you can get away with that. Uh, the fundraising. I mean, there's a bunch of rules about this. You also have a sitting governor there, um, so so there's some room there. But there's a reason they didn't do the fundraiser on campus. There's a reason they did that at a public house. At a, at a private house. So if they collected checks on campus, that's a problem. It can be. You know, there are certain places on campuses that um, you can get away with it. You know, like there's a UT alumni center at UT that I think you can do a certain kind of um, operation at. But they don't do fundraisers there for the most part. They usually just keep those at an arm's distance. It's just... It's it's a little bit fraught, even where it's not illegal. You know, sometimes you look at it and you say, you know, that's probably legal, but we just don't want to get involved in it. Okay. Well, I'll get my. They're not going to do it. At, they're not going to do this at Kyle Field. Trust, trust me. <laughs> so, but it, it's probably it's, so TCU or Baylor is where something like this would happen. If it yeah, happens. or probably you know you know that little thing Jerry Jones has up in Arlington or oh, something like that. Oh yeah, man, we were there last weekend. That's really, really impressive. Uh, Ross, let me ask you this, and we'll get you off. Um, On the Kavanaugh thing, I was talking to a congressman today. The Kavanaugh thing has really, I I think, 
has worked in an opposite way that Democrats might have not anticipated, at least the Democratic National Committee, on it energizing people who would not have been energized otherwise or further energize them, even independents. That was the argument that the congressman was making with me is the independents here. Our numbers show the independents are really dumbfounded by and folks who are not going to vote are now going to vote because of the circus that's become the Kavanaugh hearings. That may be a factor, as well as people coming into Texas in the U.S. Senate race. It may be something that plays into that race. You agree or disagree? What's your thoughts? You know, I I don't think we're to the point where we know which way that situation in Washington is going to go and, as a result, which way the voters are going to go. Um, so far, this has been a Rorschach test where you tell to, you tell all the voters, you know, all of the facts of this thing or all of the, you know, all of the elements of this story, and one group flies to one side and the other group flies to the other side and with the same set of information. And sometimes for the same, but, you know, opposite reactions to the same information is basically what I'm saying. Until we know, and I think we'll know pretty quickly, you know, how the Kavanaugh thing is resolved, you know, whether he is on or off the Supreme Court, what's involved in that, and, you know, how it all came out and what everybody's reaction to, we're not going to know what voters are going to do with it. It may be for, you know, for opposite reasons, a rallying point for both sides. And, you know, um, the race where it really could be a factor in Texas or the, the one that, you know, comes immediately to mind is the U.S. Senate race, because Ted Cruz is going to vote in this thing. Um, he already voted to move Kavanaugh out of the Judiciary Committee and to the floor but he's been a little bit reserved about what he's going to do. He's, you know, said basically, let's see what the FBI comes back with. And, you know, I think until this is over in Washington or until, you know, we know up or down what's happened to Kavanaugh, we're not going to know up or down what the voter reaction is and whether it excites voters or depresses turnout. It could just as easily uh, disgust voters and depress turnout and say to heck with it. Well, with the curveballs and uh, you're still hitting triples. Maybe a couple home runs there, Ross Ramsey. Thank you, buddy. You bet. We'll uh, talk to you next week, and I may email you some questions between now and then. I'll try to get the answer to your House Senate question and Proverbs. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Ross Ramsey, ladies and gentlemen, at Ross Ramsey on Twitter. We'll talk to you next week. Let me regain my get up from the couch, take a deep breath, get in with some great commercial break here with some great sponsors and we'll get right back in with you information rolling in a&m just sent me back some more requests Uh, it's about who was sitting in the chancellor's suites we've already made that request once we want it for two the whole football year 2016 2017 and the first week of 2018 Hopefully we can have something for you on that. Daniel is efforting as we speak. Uh, Stick right with us. We've got more breaking coming up right here. Other side of Texas. Raven on here on your other side. The other side of Texas is sponsored by the law firm of Mullen, Horton, Brown, LLP. Offices in Lubbock, Amarillo, and Dallas employing creative legal solutions to address your business needs in the areas of commercial litigation, banking, financial restructuring, employment law, and estate planning. Thank you, Mullen, Horde, and Brown. Um, as I mentioned, starting off a little bit late today because I don't like to do two things at once. I don't know about you. I'm not a two things at once guy. And so if I'm on air and I've got to study a document while Ross is talking, it just, it makes, uh, it makes it kind of seem kind of lazy. So starting a little bit late because the, uh, the good folks at the Texas A&M systems office responded minutes before the program appreciate them listening to this program and um one uh, we've got a request in for all football games as i said 
2016, 2017, 2000, the first game of 2018, in which people sat in John Sharp's booth there at uh, Kyle Field, the biggest football in state, uh, biggest football stadium in Texas, as uh, Ross Ramsey just commented. Um, they have sent me back an email and said that they need to extend the time. Like, how much, really, I don't want to make a cheap Aggie joke here, but how much time do you need to give me those guest lists for all those games? They're there. You have records of them. What's the holdup? I mean, I know it's public information requests, and it is uh, a Sisyphean task to, to hand them over, but you've already got them. I don't understand what the holdup is there. I know that it probably works out good for John Steinmetz, who was at Kyle Field on October 7, 2017. Chancellor Sharp saying he's had no discussions with regents about uh, the vet school or what's gone on at Texas Tech. Well, it presents some shade on that argument, that claim, if you do place John Steinmetz in that box because we know that that box is used. It's it's openly known as a lobbying booth. And we're told, and what I'm waiting for confirmation on, that there were four members of the Texas Higher Education Coordinating Board who were in the box for the opening weekend back towards the beginning of September against Clemson the Clemson at Texas A&M game. So we've, you know, so they're going to hold me up on that. And I don't know how long they're going to hold up on that. But I will say this. I, this might blow some of your minds. I'm a little more impressed at this point with the records requests from Texas A&M than I am Texas Tech at this point. A simple question. I want all emails that involve the word flat because that's what that's what Francis wanted. Rick Francis wanted flat budgets. Starts pushing for flat budgets about a year ago, at least a year ago, maybe two years ago, and I can't get those records. That's been given to the Attorney General. Really disappointing because I think those would have some good revelations to them. Um, but on the point of what happened with records we got back today, this is the first time I'm reading this on air. Uh, Texas A&M takes out a contract with Daniel Hodge, who was the former chief of staff for the governor. They send him a copy of the contract. He responds, and I'll quote him from here. This looks fine with one minor and one more significant issue. The minor one provides the date started on September 1. It needs to be October 2 so that it does not encompass any time when I was employed by the governor's office. The slightly more major issue is the liability insurance requirement I haven't gotten quite that far. I haven't quite gotten that far uh, yet, though I will. In terms of commercial liability policy, I have a personal umbrella, but do not have a commercial liability policy. Given the nature of this work, it is a commercial liability policy, something I need to have lined up before we execute this contract. So, big applause to Daniel Hodge for keeping up appearances. uh, I mean, I think that one could logically deduce, and that's uh, what you have to say here, logically deduce that these conversations were underway before he left the governor's office, but keeping up appearances on public record. And uh, that's why we're under the thumb. Daniel Hodge, 
ladies and gentlemen. Uh, going to go into a quickie break here, and then uh, we're going to get into some Rick Francis on the cell phone. Coming up right here on the show, you want to uh, listen in for this. It uh, Don't drive and listen to this at the same time. Uh, we don't want to be responsible in any way for an accident. Rick Francis, chairman of the Board of Regents, on a cell phone. Coming up right here, other side of Texas. Hey, uh, this segment brought to you by Title One Lubbock's Digital Real Estate and Title Escrow Company. Title One is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at TitleOne.com. Go into the back line here. We have the man, the myth, the legend, the notorious, um, whatever you want to call him. He is Rick Francis on a cell phone. Rick Francis gearing up for a big day tomorrow. Board of Regents meeting, your first time in public. Uh, how are you? Hey, Bailey. I'm okay. Uh, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, what's it like to make so little money on the radio? Well, that's where we're going to start. I mean, the radio pays in fun and relationships, and I think that at the... Okay. Uh, at the yeah. Yeah, you keep telling yourself that. We're avid listeners to your show in the Francis Palace. The Palace? Yeah, it's at least 10 times nicer than Texas Tech System's office. We have a lot of, you know... So, uh, uh, 10 times nicer, that's like... uh, Oh, 27 million times 10. Uh, you you live in a house that's, uh, what, a third of a billion dollars? Yeah, I have to wear a sweater. It's cold, even though the heat is running. That's how big. How big it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I have moisture problems. Well, uh, so the systems office, you want to get into how... Hey. How you voted for the systems office, and then you wrote an op-ed about how you know Bob Duncan wanted to raise his budget so much, and uh, Jay, I'm not interested in that. Okay, but he didn't I even vote for I'm it. Calling. You you guys put him on that. You don't know why you're calling. Yeah, I, I I'm drawn to call. Okay, well, um, my apologies. Rick Francis. Well, you should apologize. I don't want to. I don't want to lose you here. Uh, my apologies, Rick Francis on well, the cell phone. Look, I can only listen to you when I'm halfway into a bottle of single malt scotch. Okay? Mm. Well, and I've been doing that a lot lately. <laughs> Have you? Well, uh, thanks for listening. I hope that you really enjoy. And look, I've had enough. Okay. Have you asked the other four regents what I'm capable of when I go into Rick Rage? Rick Come on, Rage. Man. Rick Rage. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's the game. Okay. What's that game? Uh, Sorry. I'm frazzled. Okay. So there's this game that you've been playing about this guy like Riger. Is that his? Riger? Riger? The uh, only guy who pulls lower than me in your defunct town. Defunct town? Yeah. Uh, we do play a game. It's called What Do You Got? On the well, show. I know what I got. Oh. But yeah, we can play that. So you want to play What Do You Got? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you got here? Uh, crossing over Rager Gate into Regent Gate here with Rick Francis on the cell phone. Let's uh, cue it up. What do you got? Aggie rings. 
you have Aggie, Aggie rings? Were they given yeah. to you, or you foreclose yeah. on them? I mean, they treat a me nice banker. over there. They do. I'm sure they yeah. do. Uh, well, I, you know, you're talking about Lubbock. That's awfully condescending, and uh, but I'm glad to play. What do you got here? It's not. It's not condensation. It's correction. Oh, condensation or condescension? Are you trying to correct me? Um, so you flew in here, Rick Francis. Yeah. Yeah, I got two planes. Okay, one's a jet, the other one's a wind prop. You flew two planes into Lubbock for the Why Board of Regents meeting. That's so easy. Okay, it makes total sense. All right, one's for me and the other's for my Brioni soup. I have a whole closet in the other one. A whole closet? In yeah, the other I'm going to go. For yeah. your suits. Well, yeah. You don't have that? Uh, okay. Uh, what else is on uh, that second plane? The trifecta. Okay. I got my accountant, my security, thanks to you, and my life coach. Thanks to me? What I do for security? There's uh, such a thing, with all due respect, Chairman, with personal responsibility. You're going to take those kind of votes behind closed doors, then uh, you got some answers to some I've very been difficult questions. I've a long time, Leeson. Yeah, you Whether have. the doors close, the doors open, I never pay attention. Okay. Well, I, just do, I just do what I'm king to do. Okay, so, yeah, you have been doing this a long time. Uh, but you say that your accountant, security, and... Who else? My life coach. Okay. Well, let me. Let's... Everything could change for me and my job. Okay. 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 That's well, what let's, I keep reading. Let's get that into. Uh, let's let's just put them in that order. Your accountant is on the second plane along with your suits. Right. And then my taco vendor as well, Gloria. <laughs> okay, uh, but uh, let's start with your accountant. Yeah. You know. It's called pay to play for a reason, all right? And I like to play. And I don't know what Greggy needs. So I got to have somebody there that can answer that question. Uh, Greggy? Uh, yeah. I think I know what you mean, but do you want to tell the listeners what you mean by Greggy there? Rick Francis? The governor. The what? Governor. Man. You know, Greg? Kind of talk, talk weird down there. In El Paso, you have a you have a taco vendor on there too. Oh yeah, you can't go anywhere without your taco vendor. Look, these look, look what you can't govern yourself. All right, the Texas Tech. I got look. I got a street name after me. All right, I'm important. Okay, I have to keep Gloria around because she does a good job. Uh, so you can't get. People who vend tacos and meat pies otherwise in El Paso? Where do you think I got her from? Hmm. Uh, what about the life coach? What about her? I mean... You know, a lot of things change for me. And I need someone to kind of guide me through these uncharted waters. I'm used to just laying low, writing my checks, and then I've been doing this for 15 years. Yeah, it kind of is like a job at this point. That's a huge, I mean, it is sort of like a job. It's a job worrying about the savages and love coming to destroy what I have. Chairman, to be fair, it's not just the savages in Lubbock. They're in Amarillo, too. I mean, I'm sure that you're familiar with firefrancis.com. I am. I use the Internet. I got AOL. Okay, so... Uh, your thoughts on firefrancis.com? What about it? I mean, it's not good. Okay, not good for you. Hey, I have not a good fundraiser coming up. I, you know, I have my accountant with me. I got an answer for this. Uh, okay. You know, so, and you know what the purpose of this fundraiser is, Jay? Yeah, you're talking about the October 10 fundraiser for the governor there in El Paso. You and I'm sure your lovely wife have top billing at this fundraiser. Yeah, that happens every year. It's not a big deal, you know. Not even Beto's daddy-in-law or Woody Hunt could get that. So it is so, something, but... But what's the point of the fundraiser? Is it to secure your reappointment? 
Yeah, but I'm not talking about Dallas House. This isn't public. Uh, well, we are kind of public right now. No, I'm not. Yeah. Um, I'm talking to you, Jay. Okay, well, um... We've never been on the record. So what's the, uh, what's the point then? Look. What, what, what's the purpose? The, the purpose is we have to protect Texas from a blue wave. You know what the best way to protect from a blue wave and get reappointed is? Uh, how? Why? What? Well, they're called golden bricks. You got to stack them up. All right? I got to go. Look, I'm jumping into my Bentley Super Sport here in this disgusting place that you call Lubbock. A uh, Bentley? I thought you flew in. I ride in style. You think I just float around? I got to go from somewhere to somewhere. Yeah, but... And I'm not going to ride in some Kia Sport. Okay. Uh, so you got a Bentley Super Sport? Where'd you get that from? Yeah, look, I got this super sweet deal from this dealership that's going down the drain. Look, I got to get off the phone... It's clear you don't got what I got, all right? And I got a lot. And, well. Uh, okay, Rick Francis on a cell phone. What do you got uh, with Rick Francis? Thanks, I guess. A little parody, Rick Francis. What do you got? Uh, Telling us what he's got. Hey, uh, we got some news to bring you. What's going to be discussed tomorrow? Talking with insiders today about what is happening. People outside the process, but very close to the process. We're going to get into that as we go along here on your West Texas edition of Other Side of Texas. Stick right with us here. AM 580, Raven on. Smith South Plains Ford, we're all about a better car buying experience. We understand that shopping for a car is a big deal, and that's why we believe in listening to what matters to you. Come see us in Leveland, where we have a wide selection of new Ford cars and trucks and an excellent sales staff. Love your car, love your dealership at Smith South Plains on Highway 114 in Leveland, Texas, or online at smithsouthplains.com. Love your car, love your dealership, Smith South Plains. West Texas Leeson here. I'm going to tell you about my friends at Flint Boot and Hat. They've been building hats since 1994 and repairing boots, I guess, since forever. My dog chewed up my ostrich boots. Jared and his guys replaced the heel, made them look new again, put new pulls on, and at a super affordable price, they've resold my boots and they build great hats. Love these guys. Go check them out. 3035. 34th Street or Flint Boot and Hat Shop at Flint and 34th Street. See more at flinthat.com. With your best friends with the founder of the Lubbock County Militia, you get your own radio show. It's the other side of Texas with Jay Leeson. City after we played the show, shots rang out as I stumbled home. So I hid behind a dumpster. Hey, welcome back in. Um, a couple of texts to get to, but also want to tell you that this segment of the program brought to you by. Lubbock File Room, providing safe and secure document storage and shredding services to Lubbock since 1992. Uh, No, I'm not reading that. I won't find the next one, Daniel. Uh, Shredding services to Lubbock 
and the surrounding area since 1992 for a free and hassle-free estimate. Call LubbockFowlers.com, 806-744-7666. That's LubbockFowlroom.com. A couple of uh, things to get into here. It's a pretty heavy Regent Gate edition of the program. Um, I'll tell you a few things I know. There are regions that were within the Aggie Five who are trying to save face at this point. And um, working hard, I think there's going to be a movement to usurp or at least try to bring Rick Francis uh, within reins. And that maybe they feel like they were misrepresented in what happened. And then in the op-ed thereafter... That, according to sources, they feel like they they were railroaded, thrown under the bus, which would line up with what Jerry Hodge, former Amarillo mayor, who pulled back a ten million dollar proposed gift to Texas Tech, said yesterday on the show. I don't know how that plays out publicly in its politics, so. What do they have on you? What are you willing to say? It's kind of like that old adage, I want to fight that guy, but it's not a matter of can I whip him. It's a matter of how much of me will be whipped in whipping him. And that's what happens in politics. So that's that's one phrase that I see. What does Francis have on them? I am told that Francis does have security. And I just want to sit through this out. If you're some sort of looney tune who thinks that it's anywhere in, in standing up for Bob Duncan, if you think that it's with anywhere within his DNA to threaten somebody else, then you've gone off the reservation here. Uh, and, and I will publicly say not, they absolutely deserve scrutiny. But nobody deserves, if there has been death threats or other sorts of threats posed to these regions, and that's off the reservation. And you're crazy, and go listen to Alex Jones on shortwave radio or something else, because I will not be party to any sort of threats other than political threats uh, against these five regions. Tomorrow, there is two things I'm watching. And I'm going to show up tomorrow, I think around 10 o'clock or so, to the Regents meeting. I wanted to have a cardboard cutout of Bob Duncan. I don't have it. I thought of it too late. My, uh, my Hale County mind moved too slowly on that. But a couple of things I'm watching tomorrow. One, George McMahon, now a notorious or famous, however you want to put it, Lubbock developer who stood up against the governor, uh, stands to be appointed to the Texas Tech Foundation, big fundraising board for Texas Tech. Will there be any opposition on the board to George McMahon? Has been publicly uh, critical of Greg Abbott and of Rick Francis, and then I think you could perfectly well say indirectly of uh, at least two of the four other regions. Will he be appointed to that foundation board? That's popcorn. The second thing is will, and I've got disputing sources on this at this point, so I'm not leading with it. I think that there is within the range of possibility that Ted Mitchell could be named as the permanent chancellor, at least so permanent as the board that oft Bob Duncan sees as permanent, uh, could be named as the chancellor of Texas Tech tomorrow. Which would make sense because Ted Mitchell... I I think of Ted, Ted Mitchell is this. 
is the big youth minister presence on the stage. And that's not to say anything negative about Ted Mitchell. He is a tremendous stage presence. And if you're reeling for some sort of confidence or esteem in the institution right now, you're going to turn to Ted Mitchell because quite frankly, even while Bob Duncan was there, quiet spoken, disheveled hair, knows the legislative process as well as anybody who's ever lived in Texas. Ted Mitchell is the guy who stands up on stage and he just steals the stage. He steals the spotlight. So I would understand why these regents would want to offer Ted Mitchell the job and then kind of follow in, fall into his shadow here. But the problem for Ted Mitchell was going to be that it's clear to people like Jerry and Margaret Hodge and a whole lot of other onlookers, including myself, that the vet school is going to get held out to dry. So what, is, what does Ted Mitchell do then? And then we'll see what kind of muster he has as a political leader that you got this situation where he's put up to be chancellor. I believe a pay cut for Ted Mitchell, but maybe if you're at Ted Mitchell's age, uh, you're at Ted Mitchell's status, you don't care about the pay, you care about the title. That may well be the case. But he's still going to work with this board who inexplicably and suddenly ousted Bob Duncan. And I don't know that they can afford to do that again with the next chancellor. So Ted Mitchell would have that going for him. But at the same time, there are still those currents that are swirling, especially if Rick Francis is reappointed to the board of regents. So those are the things we're watching tomorrow with regards to George McMahon and Ted Mitchell and uh, we'll be there, and I'll give you a live report whenever we get on the show uh, on the next episode here on the other side of Texas. But for now, Mama's texting me saying, I'm not cooking tonight. You got to stop, get home to a great family and an above-average dinner, and uh, we're going to consume whatever you bring home, so I got to get home to those four hungry mouths and two beaming blue eyes from my wife. Hope you're doing the same. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next edition right here on the other side.